Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. We should know the result of the election on November 3rd, the evening of November 3rd. Lawyers for Donald Trump and Joe Biden have been getting ready for the November 3rd election for months. That's the way it's been and that's the way it should be. What's going on in this country? Once the winner is declared after all the all the ballots are counted, all the votes are counted, that'll be the end of it. The lawyers, who are scattered all over the country, are prepared to file lawsuits and request recounts. That'll be the end of it. And if it's me, in fact, fine. If it's, if it's not me, I'll support the outcome. We're going to go in. The night of, as soon as that election's over, we're going in with our lawyers. But they've also been preparing for a few odd scenarios you may never have heard of or maybe only read about in history books. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, on one of the weirdest election days imaginable, Anita Kumar on the totally wild ways this election could be won. I know that people around the country might find this election different because Donald Trump is involved and there's a lot of stress and anxiety. I've talked to people on both sides and and there's that stress and anxiety because they feel so strongly about the election. But as a journalist, it's actually different. The stress and anxiety is what we always feel because we have a big event that we're covering, but it is so different this year. And here's why, because I've covered a ton of elections and on election night or after election night, you assume you're going to know who won. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I've received the following wire from Vice President Nixon. In that wire, he says, Senator John F. Kennedy, Iannisport, Massachusetts. I want to repeat through this wire, the congratulations and best wishes I extended to you on television last night. Well, the time has come. You've seen the map. We've looked at the figures, and NBC News now makes its projection for the presidency. Reagan is our projected winner. Ronald Wilson Reagan. Ohio is in. We are projecting the battleground state of Ohio for President Barack Obama, which means you are looking at the president of the United States, Barack Obama. So, you know, you can either prepare for Joe Biden winning or you could prepare for Donald Trump winning or actually we prepare for both, no matter what happens. But actually, it's the other thing I'm not prepared for, which is, does this go on for days? Do we not know? Does one person say they won and the other person doesn't concede? There's actually so many more variations of what could happen this time. That is, <laughs> that's the anxiety for us. So this election is different. It's nuts for just like so many reasons. It's super close. There's a pandemic and a bunch of mail-in votes that could take a really long time to count. And things could be really confusing. But Anita, you've done some reporting that helps make some sense of this. You've dug into some of the kind of wild but totally possible outcomes we could end up with. And I want you to walk me through some of them here because they're complicated. Um, Number one, and let me know if I get this wrong, but weird situation number one, a state or multiple states are too close to call And it's left up to state legislatures, not voters, to figure out what to do. How the heck does that happen? And how would that play out? 
Well, it's extremely rare and no one really thinks it's going to happen. But the Trump and Biden lawyers and, and staffers think it's a possibility, enough of a possibility that they're prepared for it. So what this would look like is a state is still counting their votes and they can't agree on who wins, basically because the count's not done or people are disputing different ballots or something like that. And so there is a hard deadline for them to get the counting done. This year, that's December 8th. They have to get that count done by December 8th. So that's about five weeks after the election. If that five weeks comes around and all the counting isn't done or there's still a dispute about the counting. So what can happen is the legislatures can say, well, we're going to decide who should get the electors from that state. So what there is some thinking on is in these states that are going to take a long time to decide. And of course, there's some key swing states that will take a long time. Here's where the log jams could come in. In seven states, they can't even touch those absentee ballots, can't verify signatures, can't even take them out of the uh, envelope, let alone count them until Election Day or the day after. And that includes the crucial, crucial states of Michigan, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. Bottom line, John, we almost certainly will not know the result on election night. That, you know, the legislatures might have to step in. Where's that's really key is that Republicans are looking at states where the governor is a Democrat. So the governor's really in charge of getting all the election results done. But the legislatures are actually Republican run. There's four swing states like that, North Carolina, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. Um, and so that would be something where people could come in. Now, there are a lot of Democrats that are really worried that Donald Trump is going to push those legislatures to just give him the state, basically. And that we don't have evidence to say that at this time, but there are people talking about it. So this is something that I've never heard of, never even imagined state lawmakers deciding who wins their state. Has this ever happened before in U.S. election history? I had also never heard of it. But what people reminded me of is in 2000. From ABC News. This week with Sam Donaldson and Cokie Roberts. An election in turmoil, a presidency in the balance, a nation waits. When George W. Bush and Al Gore both ran for president, but there was a big dispute in Florida. TV networks bungled election night results. A machine recount tightened the race and ballot inspections started and stopped like a game of red light, green light. Lawyers for the candidates wrangled over deadlines. That deadline for the state to finish the counting was just about up and there was no result. So the Florida legislature, a Republican legislature, was ready to to vote. On December 12th, a divided U.S. Supreme Court halted a statewide recount. Florida belonged to Bush. The margin? 537 votes. They had planned on doing that, and if people will recall, uh, the Supreme Court came right in on the side of George W. Bush, so the point was sort of moot. But they were just about to do that, and that is the time that people are sort of talking about and saying, look, it can happen. It was about to happen just 20 years ago. All right, so that is totally bonkers election situation number one. The other one here is it gets to January when Congress is supposed to certify the results of the election, but neither candidate has the number of electoral college votes that they need. Neither reaches the magic number 270. What happens then? If no one gets the 270, then actually the U.S. House of Representatives 
uh, decides what's going to happen in the presidential election. And I know people are saying automatically, oh, well, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats run run it. So, of course, Joe Biden's going to win. But actually, that's not how it's done. It's each delegation from each state gets a vote. And what that means is right now, Republicans have more delegations than Democrats. Is that something that's ever happened before, the House deciding the president? Yeah, over 100 years ago, in the 1800s, there was a disputed election. The Civil War was still fresh in people's minds in 1876. The fraud of the century, according to uh, the Democratic uh, Party, was the theft of the 1876 presidential election from Samuel J. Tilden, uh, given to Rutherford B. Hayes. And it did go to Congress, but at that time, Congress didn't really know what to do. Congress was divided, and the Constitution offered no clear direction for resolving the impasse. And what they did was they created a commission um, which voted along party lines to select. It was the Republican, Rutherford B. Hayes at that time, 1876. All right, so that's what they did in the 1800s. Hopefully we won't see a repeat of that this time around. Um... One possibility that has been raised for this year, and this will be the last one I go through with you here, is the results are decisive. There's a clear winner either on election night tonight or in the days and weeks after that. But one of the candidates refuses to accept the results, something President Trump has hinted he might do. What do you think are the odds that that happens and what will happen if it does? You know, it's a great question. I was just talking to someone about this, and I don't really know what's going to happen. I think just because someone doesn't concede doesn't mean the other person's not the winner, right? I mean, if Joe Biden or Donald Trump is clearly the winner, we see all the states are voting, we have those votes counted, and one person is the winner, I mean, technically, you don't need the other person to concede, Right. I mean, if it's Donald Trump, he does need to leave the White House or if it's Joe Biden, he needs to, you know, be able to to let Donald Trump lead. So that needs to happen. But the other person doesn't need to concede. Once those states are clear and the process goes through with the Electoral College, technically it goes to the Congress, the results would be certified whether the person agrees or not. Anita Kumar. Thanks so much for talking with me. Sure. Thanks for having me. Also today, President Trump is creating what he's dubbed a 1776 commission to promote patriotic education and counter lessons that he says divide Americans on race and slavery and teach students to, quote, hate their own country. Yesterday, on the eve of the election, Trump directed the commission's creation through an executive order to, quote, better enable a rising generation to understand the history and principles of the founding of the United States in 1776 and to strive to form a more perfect union. The move comes after Trump's recent attacks on critical race theory and the 1619 Project, directed by the New York Times Magazine, which revisits the country's history with a focus on slavery and the contributions of Black Americans. And Texas now has the highest number of positive coronavirus tests in the country. 
The most recent data from Johns Hopkins University shows that the state surpassed California, the most populous state in the nation, with more than 937,000 confirmed cases. California now has the second most, followed by Florida. This comes as states across the country are seeing surges in infections, and public health experts warn that things may only get worse in the coming weeks with holiday gatherings, colder weather, and more people indoors. Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts, and to stay up to date on everything with today's election, be sure to check out our website, politico.com. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.